The following message comes to you from the pulpit of Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church in Ackerman, Mississippi. We invite you to visit Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church for worship services every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. Macedonia is located at 11 Staten Road on Highway 15, five miles north of Ackerman, Mississippi. For more information about Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church, you may visit our website at macedonia-pbc.org. We're thankful that whatever time we meet, uh, the Lord is able to own and bless uh, whatever time uh, he, he pleases. That's right. Amen. Psalms 115 and 3 says, Our God is in the heavens. He hath done whatsoever he hath pleased. <clears throat> so I'm thankful that God does what he pleases, when he pleases. <clears throat> and... Uh, Sometimes I don't do what I please. I have to see what pleases Sandra. So. Uh, <clears throat> now y'all know I don't. I just kid. <laughs> but uh, you know, uh, Enoch pleased God. He had a testimony. Right. He uh, tells that in the Book of Hebrews. He said before. Uh, Enoch was translated that he should not see death. He had a testimony that he pleased God. And how did he please God? He walked uh, for 365 years. He walked with God. <clears throat> well, he begets uh, Methuselah, which was the oldest man recorded in the Bible, uh, 969 years. But this man walked with God. If, I believe there's been some times I've walked with God. I believe there's some times He's walked with me. Yes. Uh, and I know I hadn't always pleased Him. Uh, but Jesus did. I believe it's in John 8, 29. He said, You have left me, but, the, but I'm not alone. The Father has not left me because I always do those things that please Him. He always did those things that please the Father. Amen. And you and I are recipients of what pleased God because it pleased God to make you His people. That's what He tells us in 1 Samuel 12, 22. The Bible tells us there, God will not forsake His people for it pleased the Lord to make you His people. The reason why you and I are not forsaken is because it pleased the Lord to make you his people. And uh, uh, thanks be to God, he pleased to send his only begotten son into this world <clears throat> that we might have life and we might have it more abundantly. 1 John chapter 4, we read these scriptures in the ninth verse. John wrote a lot about love. A lot of the writers wrote a lot about love. This is the love letter, I guess, to the church of the amazing love of God, just like that amazing grace. And certainly we couldn't have the grace of God without the love of God. The agape love, the self-sacrificial love that was demonstrated by our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. In 1 John chapter 4, verse 9, 
He says, In this was manifested the love of God toward us, because that God sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through Him. God had an everlasting love for His people. It pleased God to make you His people, but then that love wasn't kept secret. It was manifest. Right. Openly shown. Openly revealed. Which is what the word manifest means. You know, something cannot be made manifest unless it's previously in existence. In this, the scripture doesn't leave us to doubt how this was done. God manifested his love toward us and that he sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. Herein is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. That little word so is very important as he tells us in John 3.16, for God so loved. Right. He so loved the world that he gave mm -hmm. his only begotten son. He so loved sinners to the extent that he would part with his only begotten son. Just, you know, when the Lord spoke to Abraham back in the Old Testament in the 22nd chapter of Genesis, and he says, you take thy son, thine only son, and offer him for an offering on one of the mountain, on the mountain that I will tell thee of. Well, Abraham had another son. But it wasn't this son. Jesus was the only begotten son of God. Right. He says, take your only son. Well, I, I have three sons. We have been blessed to have three sons, oldest being Jonathan. And... You know, I'd have second thoughts if the Lord was to tell me to take either one of those. That's right. He said, take thy son, thy only son, and offer him on a mountain that I will tell thee of. And by faith, that same faith that Enoch exercised to please God, Abraham also exercised and took that son <clears throat> that he loved and that he was willing to sacrifice him and slay him because God told him to do it. And then the New Testament tells us, by faith, Abraham did that, and that accounting that God was able to raise him from the dead. That's right. That if Abraham did slay his son, and I believe he had full intentions of doing so, matter of fact, he had the knife ready to uh, plunge it into uh, Isaac, and God said, stayed his hand. He said, Abraham, Abraham, here am I. Slay not thy son. For I know now that thou fearest God, since thou hast not withheld thine only son before me. <clears throat> and Abraham looked behind him. <clears throat> you know, the Lord always goes behind his people and makes them, cleans up their messes. Amen. Amen. <laughs> you know, when Adam transgressed in the Garden of Eden and he drove him out of, out of there, and placed a flaming sword that he would not be able to come back on his own, <clears throat> guarding the tree of life that was in the midst of the garden. 
Yes, God made a way. Adam couldn't make a way, but the Lord made a way. That's right. He looked behind him. And Jesus, he comes on the scene and he makes up for everything that Adam brought into the world. Amen. As it tells in Romans 5 and 12, he says, For by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, so death hath passed upon all men. For all have sinned. <clears throat> one man. Well, this is another man. One man brought sin into the world. Romans 5.19 tells us, For by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. <laughs> many, it pleased the Lord to make you his people. How many? I don't know. I can't count them. I don't know who they are. The Lord knows those that are his. He tells us in 2 Timothy 2.19, Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure. The Lord knoweth them that are his. Right. <laughs> They're his by choice. Mm -hmm. They're his by a purchase at Calvary, they're his by birth, being born of the Holy Spirit of God, and they'll be his in the resurrection when he raises them from the dead. We aren't our own. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20 tells us by the pen of the Apostle Paul, what, know ye not that you're not your own? They were doing things that were unbecoming a child of God that was born of the Holy Spirit of God. <clears throat> he said, can two walk together and say they'd be agreed over in the book of Amos? He says, uh, know you not that you're uh, bought with a price? You're not your own? We aren't our own. <laughs> if we're the yeah. Lord's, we, we belong to him. Amen. <clears throat> you know, Sandra belongs to me. Well, <laughs> I trust that I belong to somebody else. Right. And she belongs to somebody else. We belong to the Lord. Amen. Why? Because it pleased you to make you his people. Know you not that, uh, that you aren't your own? He says, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are his. Yes. Yes. He came to save his people from their sins. We're his people. Uh, and thanks be to God uh, that uh, I feel got a hope of being among those people. Uh, Amen. He said, it's wonderful when the people of God gather together. We sing a song every once in a while at home. It says, people of the living God. Yes, we're people of the living God. Not a dead God. Amen. He never has been dead. Amen. He's from everlasting to everlasting. You know, my mom asked me that. He said, uh, he said, where did God? God's always been God. How can that be? I said, well, uh, I can't explain it to you. All I know, he's from everlasting to everlasting. That's right. He is God. And there's none like me. No wonder the scripture says, him and him only shalt thou serve. Yes, you can't serve two God uh, and mammon, God and mammon. Can't serve two masters. You'll love one and hate the other, or hate the one uh, and despise the other. Not two, just one. Uh, a young lady was asked one time by her teacher, why did you believe that there's only one God? And she said, well, there's no room for anybody else. <laughs> <laughs> why? <laughs> he fills the immensity of the universe. Right. One God. The Bible says, and by one man's obedience shall many be made righteous. 
That's the manifest love of God. He showed it openly. Amen. When he sent his only begotten son into this world, he showed it, he manifested it. And it goes back to the grace of God. As he tells us in 2 Timothy 1 and 9, he said, who has saved us? And that who refers to God? Because he got through saying in the a preceding verse, be not therefore ashamed of the testimony of the Lord, my me as a prisoner, be a partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ before the world began. Right. Where did grace begin? Well, it was before the world began. But then the next verse says, but is now made manifest. The love of God, the purpose and grace was there all along, but it's now being openly shown, but is now made manifest by the appearing of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who hath abolished death and brought life and immortality. To light through the gospel. That's what he did. Amen. And that's what we've been hearing this day is the good news. Brother Rusty says it's the good news. It brings life and immortality to the light so that you can see and feel and know that you're one of his people. Amen. That you belong to him and not to the world. So it's now made manifest by the appearing of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. God manifested his love and he sent his son. He manifested it to the extent and Jesus manifested his love to the bride to the extent that he was willing to sacrifice at the, uh, his body, his life at the cross of Calvary because of the great love wherewith he loved us as he tells us in Romans 5. Even when we were dead in sins... He says, scarcely for a righteous man would one die. Yet peradventure for a good man, some would even dare to die. But if I was going to die for anybody, I surely won't feel like he was a good person. <laughs> but he says, scarcely for a righteous man would one die. Yet peradventure for a good man will some even dare to die. But God commended his love toward us. And that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. <laughs> While we were yet sinners. Yes, Malachi 3, 6, I'm the Lord God, I change not, therefore you sons of Jacob aren't not consumed. What would consume us? Our sin would consume us. Right. <laughs> uh, as Elder Sonny Piles describes grace, he says, I'm going to describe it uh, as something that the Lord bestows upon hell-deserving sinners. And that's what we all deserve. Amen, that's right. Hell-deserving sinners. But the Lord Jesus Christ condescended to be born of a virgin Mary and to uh, pay the penalty that would righteously have been ours to have paid as God turned his face from him for a small moment. Have I forsaken thee, he tells us in the book of Isaiah. Right. Just for a small moment have I forsaken thee. And the reason why the God took his face and forsook the Lord for that small amount of time is because if he hadn't, you and I would have been forsaken. Amen. We would have been forsaken eternally from God. But Jesus was a mediator. Just as there's one man, Jesus Christ, that brought righteousness to the family of God, 
<clears throat> one man sinned in the world, but by one man many were made righteous. And Paul writes, Timothy says, there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus. Amen. Just one. Not two mediators. Just one. One's all it took. <laughs> all those sacrifices back in the Old Testament, they were in a type and shadow manifestation of the love of God, but it wouldn't come a reality until the true antitype came in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. The law was a shadow of good things to come. <clears throat> and as you read the Old Testament, somewhere you've got to be looking for Christ. When you read that story of Abraham back in Genesis chapter 22, well, Jesus tells us plainly in the book of John chapter 8, verse, I believe it's 56, he says, Abraham rejoiced to see my day. He saw it and was glad. Abraham rejoiced to see my day. He saw it, and I believe he saw it there on Mount Moriah, That's up right. there in that same place where he uh, uh, took his son Isaac, and when he looked behind him, he saw a ram caught in a thicket by the horns. And he took that and offered it as a sacrifice instead of Isaac. And, and God, Isaac was now trembling and shaking and, and, and fearful. He was willing to do what his father told him to do. He was willing to be bound. That's right. He was willing for his, son to, uh, his father to have slain him. He didn't go kicking and screaming. Jesus came, and he came willingly. And he came to the cross of Calvary and bowed his head and gave up the ghost. <clears throat> you know, Pilate told Jesus when he wouldn't speak up, when he was asking him questions, he said, don't you know I got power to release you and I got power to crucify you? And Jesus said, you couldn't have any power at all except it were given thee from above. You wouldn't be standing here except it be given thee from above. <clears throat> and you wouldn't be here today if it hadn't been a power from above had enabled you to be here today. Amen. That you felt like God manifested love toward you and that you were born of the Holy Spirit of God. Now, I didn't read the seventh verse, but I'll do that now. He says, Beloved, let us love God and let us love one another for love is of God and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. Amen. So love is of God. True love, the agape love, it's of God. <laughs> and we wouldn't love God except he first loved us. The same writer said that in this same chapter. He said, there is no fear in love. Perfect love casteth out fear because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love we love him because he first loved us. Amen. You know, he's first in everything, you know. That's right. He's the firstborn from the dead, first begotten of the dead. He's the firstborn among many brethren. No wonder the Bible would tell us in Matthew 6, 33, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. But I fear sometimes he's not first in our lives. I fear sometimes that he is relegated to uh, the last position. And if we got any time left, we'll give it to the Lord. <coughs> now, for us to manifest our love toward him, we're love, we love God, but have we proved that we love God? 
Have we offered our bodies a living sacrifice to show and manifest our love toward Him? I'm glad God manifested His love toward me. He proved His love. He manifested His love. Uh, Ephesians 5 and 25 says, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. There's another it, Brother Joe. There's several it's right there. That's right. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify it and cleanse it by the washing of the water by the word, that he might present it to himself, a glorious church without spot or wrinkle. I tell you what, you know, you women look real good here this afternoon. They look good this morning. Amen. But we didn't see him when he first got out of bed. <laughs> you know, they kind of, uh, and I didn't look as good as I do if I looked good at all. <laughs> when I first got out of bed, why? Because you make improvements over there. You put on your Estelada and your Maybelline and all that makeup. <laughs> you know, I'm glad I'm not a woman because... You, you got to put on that stuff in the morning, and you got to take it off at night. Amen. And we just use the same old face on it. <laughs> uh, and take a razor or something to shave from time to time. <clears throat> but he says, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. Uh, that's how uh, so much that he loved that church. He manifested it, uh, that love toward his bride. Yes, indeed. Yeah. My wife and I was, if we live to May, we'll be married uh, 38 years. And, you know, somewhere along the line, there was a manifest love. And uh, it took me three years to finally realize, you know, and manifest that love to say, well, you marry me. <laughs> you know, I wasted three years. <laughs> well, I might not. She might not have said it. <laughs> yes. <but> I... <clears throat> and... Uh, and so he manifested love toward the bride. No wonder, he says, as Brother Rusty alluded to that this morning, when he says they tempted Christ, it says, whose uh, wife shall she be in the resurrection? And they all, seven of them had her to wife. And Jesus says, in the resurrection, they either marry nor are given in marriage, for uh, as the angels of God in heaven, <clears throat> and they die no more. Now, he didn't say you were angels, but he says right. you're as angels. Yeah. Angels don't die. That's why that one man had to be made a little lower than the angels. Yes. For the suffering of death, yeah. Hebrews 2, 9, that by the grace of God he should taste death for every man. Now, don't get excited about the every man because he's going to tell you what the every man is in the next verse. Or you should get excited about it because he said... Uh, for it became him of whom are all things and by whom are all things and bringing many sons unto glory, right. his people, to make the captain of their salvation perfect through suffering. So, aren't you glad you got a, a perfect captain? Amen. <clears throat> you know, I believe Joshua kind of saw that back in the Old Testament when he saw this uh, uh, with a man drawn a sword drawn in his hand. He says, Art thou for us or for our adversaries? And he says, As the captain of the Lord of hosts, I am come. 
as the captain of the Lord of hosts. Yes, he's the captain, and he's the captain that's never lost a single one right. of, his, uh, of his children that was in his charge, and they were all charged to Christ, and their sins were charged to Christ. You know, isn't it remarkable that the Lord could charge Jesus with my sin, which would have condemned me to hell, but yet he charged me with righteousness as his righteousness was imputed to me. Now you can't beat that with a stick. Amen. Here is something that's impossible with man. But with God, it was possible. It was possible. And so Jesus manifested his love. Now how do we know about that? We being born of the Holy Spirit of God... 2 Timothy, excuse me, 2 Corinthians chapter 2, and I believe I'll close with this. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. He says, Now thanks be unto God, which always causeth us to triumph in Christ, and maketh manifest the savour of his knowledge by us in every place. Well, we just read that. How do we know? anything about what Jesus has done for us. That's where the gospel brings life and immortality to life. It brings that knowledge unto us. <clears throat> well, he's going to tell you it's got a different effect to some, and to some it has another effect. That's right. Thanks be to God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ and maketh manifest the savour of his knowledge by us in every place, for we are unto God a sweet savour, it tastes good. It smells good. It's sweet. Amen. Like Brother Rusty told you this morning. He says, We are a, unto God a sweet savour of Christ in them that are saved and in them that perish. We're talking about the saved and the unsaved. <clears throat> and, of course, the sheep going to never perish. Amen. The preaching of the cross to those that perish, foolishness. But to us which are saved, it's the power of God. He says, We are unto God a sweet savour of Christ in them that are saved and in them that perish. To the one we are a savour of death unto death. Now, which one do you think that is? One that's living or dead? One's the dead. Dead in sin. But unto the other a savour of life unto life. Who is sufficient for these things? Not, we are not as many which corrupt the word of God, but as of sincerity, but as of God, in the sight of God, speak we in Christ. Oh, I love when the Spirit of God makes me savor that knowledge, savor that he could love me enough, savor that he could send his only begotten son, savor that I, a sinner that I still am and will be, and it's, uh, it's going to bother me until I draw my last breath, but thanks be to God, it's got an end. Amen. Romans 5 and uh, 29, excuse me, 21, 22 says, Moreover, where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. That's right. But where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. He says, For as sin hath reigned unto death, <clears throat> and that, he's going to stop reigning when, when death comes. That's right. It won't bother me anymore. But sin has reigned unto death, even so my grace reign. That's not, grace is not going to stop. Amen. 
even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life. How? By Jesus Christ, our Lord. The one that manifested His love toward us. He says, yes, sin will have an end. But grace, it's everlasting. It's on and on and on. No wonder we'll have no less days to sing God's praise than when we first begun. God bless you. We thank you for listening to today's message and invite you to visit Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church for worship services every Sunday morning at 1030 a.m. Macedonia is located at 11 Staten Road on Highway 15, five miles north of Ackerman, Mississippi. For further information about Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church, you may visit our website at macedonia-pbc.org.